It's time for your local weekly analysis, Slow County Public Policy and the Law, with your host, Stu Jenkins. Oh, we'll rally around the flag, boys, rally once again, shouting the battle cry of freedom. We will rally from the hillside, we'll gather from the plain, shouting the battle cry of freedom. Welcome to the second hour of Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only on K News 98.5. We are speaking today with Ace Calcos News reporter Karen Veely. Ms. Veely received a degree in journalism from Cal Poly and worked at New Times right out of journalism school. She teamed up with renowned journalists to work at Calcos News and has been uncovering local graft and corruption and providing unbiased news reporting now for decades. So let me welcome to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, ACE reporter, Ms. Karen Veley. Well, thank you very much. Some of the renowned people that you teamed up with at Calcos News was a former editor from the Los Angeles Times, wasn't he? Yes. Uh, I worked with George Ramos, was our first editor, and he was a three-time Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter and editor from the LA Times. He was also the chair of the Cal Poly Journalism School. And you also teamed up with a great reporter who'd uh, been the Sacramento Bureau Chief for, what, I think, the Orange County Register? Yes, that was Dan Blackburn. And one interesting thing about Dan Blackburn, he received a lobbying job in Sacramento and was working for the um, people promoting water banking through the Metropolitan Water um, District. He became so fed up, he went back to journalism and took a huge cut in pay and actually came out on the company that he was working with through the uh, San Francisco Chronicle. So with that background, uh, you've got some important stories that have just come up uh, Cal Coast News. Uh, one has to do with the Friends of Oceano Dunes winning another victory against the Coastal Commission. They have been doing terrific in court. Now, every once in a while they do lose, but I'd say 9 out of 10, when it goes to court, they win. Their attorney does a very thorough job. When, when you say they, who are we talking about? Friends of the Oceano Dunes is a group of people that promote off-roading, business owners and people that off-road. I think they have eighteen to 20,000 members. And they do fundraisers and pay attorneys to try to keep um, riding at the dunes. There's been a concentrated effort to cancel it for probably a decade now. So what was it that happened in court uh, yesterday, or was it the day before? It was yesterday. They made a filing for quiet title. And what that means is they're saying that we have, um, we have rights to the land because we have prescriptive rights. Before the state took over, and uh, I think it was in the late 70s or early 80s, began controlling the drones for decades. It had already been run as cars were already on it. They're claiming we have prescriptive rights to have cars on the dunes, and they have filed for quiet title. So the state had attorneys from Sacramento come in, and one of the claims they made was primarily 
in the past, you only have cars on the dunes, you know, decades ago, at times was holiday weekends only. And it was primarily horseback riding, people walking on the beach and clamming. And who was making that allegation? The attorney for the state. And uh, what, what agency of the state? Um, it's actually through um, Bontra. It's the attorney general's take is doing the case. But the state agency that this is against is the Coastal Commission. And they didn't do well at all. They had a lot of arguments about what the beach has been used for. They then tried to go back to the Chumash Indians, claiming they were there 6,000 years ago. And the attorneys on the other side says, you know, it only matters when this was a country. It doesn't matter before, you know, the, this was the United States. We can go back to then and work filing for prescriptive rights. Interesting, they agreed there was prescriptive rights, but tried to argue it was for horseback riding, clamming, and swimming. Um, they also made an argument that it's similar to cigarettes. Cigarettes are unhealthy, so they don't let you smoke on the beach anymore. That kind of riding's unhealthy. Somebody hit a beachgoer one time, and it should be banned because it's an unhealthy practice. So that was the Coastal Commission's argument? Yes. And um, what did the judge say about those arguments? She rejected all their arguments for a number of reasons, either that they weren't valid or that they're... Um, they didn't follow the proper procedure for doing the arguments. So they lost every one of their arguments. It was rejected. They are going to go to court on this in October. And they have, I think there's a total of eight ongoing lawsuits. And depending what happens in, on next couple lawsuits, I have a feeling there may be a settlement in the works. Because their arguments, I've been to court before. You have attorneys that throw everything out during the demurs and the summary judgment. And then you have those that want to argue it in court. The judges already ruled on the bulk of their arguments, and it didn't go favorably. Well, this was, uh, this, this was a hearing on the state's motion for summary judgment. Yes. And for our, our listeners, a summary judgment is a uh, motion where a party, in this case the state, brings in lots of affidavits and evidence and says that because the affidavits and evidence are so strong and there's no nothing conflicting from the other side, you should just give us judgment without a trial. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. And um, in this case, um, what kind of affidavits and evidence had been put on by, uh, by the Coastal Commission? Well, the Coastal Commission um, said that the witnesses that they, they had, I think, three of their own witnesses. And then they said that when they interviewed some of the witnesses for the um, Friends of the Oceano Dunes, that these people said, well, yeah, there were people on the beach at times swimming or riding their horses, and that there were bulk uses. Um, they had a woman that said that she, a friend of hers told her about a, somebody being killed on the dunes, by a dune buggy 30, 40 years ago, but there was no evidence of it. And that was one of the issues that the judge found. They didn't have any evidence. Then on the other side, you would probably have a foot stack of declarations and newspaper articles, magazines, articles, and videos of the off-road vehicles on the dunes. But if you live in Slow County, and you grew up in Slow County, I went to junior high school in Slow County, there were people on the dunes when I was here, and it didn't just start in the last 10, well, 20 that years. that was just last year, wasn't it? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, now, I, I, I can say uh, definitively, uh, my, uh, my grandparents uh, bought a, two lots and a little cottage on some new development in 1949 called Shell Beach. And theirs was the only uh, house on that street. Uh, and my family was in Albuquerque, New Mexico in those days. We came out here to visit. And I was just amazed that uh, we'd get in Gramps' uh, big old Lincoln and we'd go driving at 60 miles an hour down the beach, uh, Oceano, and with water spraying up and, you know, kids from New Mexico had never seen anything like that. <laughs> um, so that had to be in the 50s. And, uh, and are you saying that was not only holiday weekends? <laughs> that, that was one of the arguments. This usually uh, happened only on holiday weekends. You know, it was summertime. So <laughs> I, I, and I was a kid, so I don't remember if it was a Monday or a Sunday. But uh, in any case, no, that's... Uh, and that was the other thing. We would go walking in the dunes and some uh, vehicle suddenly would uh, roar and go over our heads because... Uh, you know, it was coming up the next dune. So th those are things that I think people uh, from this area are familiar with. Now, I'm not saying that was safe, but uh, on the other hand, uh, they, the folks have a, have a case to make that uh, there, there's been activity going on for a long time there. And one of the interesting things to me, they were arguing prescriptive rights. And when I've been to hearings in the past, often... The opposition says you don't have prescriptive rights, you don't meet that criteria. Well, the state basically said, well, the criteria for prescriptive rights has been met, but we have a right to change. We have a right to say the prescriptive rights is all these things, and we want to take the cards out and make it only these, you know, the walking, the clamming, and the horseback riding, which was an interesting way to go about it. Well, so, so now that this hearing has been held, um, the, this, the summary judgment was denied by the judge. Yes. Um, what's the next step? Well, the next step is they have a, I, I think, a trial setting conference in August, and they're having their trial in October. But the way it's going, I have a feeling, depending on what happens in there's a June hearing that there's likely going to be some type of settlement discussions. Because if, if they gave all their arguments and the judge ruled on the one side, are you going to go back to court and make the same arguments? Well, they, they would have an opportunity at trial to put on other evidence. Yes. But if they've, uh, if they've fielded all the evidence that they may have, they, they may decide that they, they do want to come to a settlement. Well, how do you think that um, the public's ever going to know what stage that's in? Cal Coast News will continue reporting it. We'll be doing, they're going to have a hearing on one of the other issues that the Coastal Commission overstepped their bounds. I think the date is June 5th. We will report on that after they have the hearing. So everybody stay tuned for June 5th. We're going to find out more. So the, you've also got a uh, big story uh, in the uh, Calcos news about uh, county leadership and uh, Wade Horton. Yes. Wade Horton was put in, I think, um, I think, what do I say, 17, 2017? And at the time, Debbie Arnold wanted Wayne Hall 
And he was someone that wanted to come in and make the county more like other counties, a top-down where supervisors only tell the administrator and the attorney what to do. And it's more separation um, from supervisors and department heads. And he was, was very strong on trying to clean up some of the issues in the county. Then on the other side, you had Bruce Gibson wanting someone that was a big Bruce Gibson supporter to take the role. Well, neither could get votes for their choice. So then they ended up um, going with um, Wade Horton. And um, now it looks like he may have, um, it appears he's upset someone because they put on the agenda that they're doing his annual performance check. They haven't done a performance check here without someone. I think the last performance check was in Wade, or when David Edge was accused of sexual misconduct. They've never done an annual performance check of Wade, of Wade Horton. So this is, not, this is not an annual performance check. This is a supervisor wanting him removed. So, so you're saying the, uh, the agenda is saying that there's an annual review isn't strictly uh, truthful? It's absolutely not truthful. Now, didn't, uh, didn't the last Board of Supervisors provide an extension of uh, Mr. Horton's uh, contract as county administrator? Yes, he will probably get some type of um, he will probably get some type of compensation for this. I did not read that before I came in. If he is again, they have to they have to go and close doors and talk about what they want to do. But I'm already hearing people are applying for the job. I'm already hearing there's someone picked, and one of the allegations that I'm hearing. Well, if if someone couldn't be picked, if uh, people were complying with the Brown Act, could they? No, but I think it's pretty, if they put it on the agenda, when this happens, people very often lose their jobs. So there's multiple people already wanting to throw their hats in. But one of the things that Wade Horton did, Jimmy Paulding is a big supporter of community choice energy. And whether you like it or don't like it, some people say they're going to try to buy more energy that is clean energy. And other people say it all comes out of the same pile you're putting the middleman in, and it's raising prices at a time the public cannot handle the price increases. Regardless of what price side you're on, the county paid over 100000 for a consultant to go over and look at this when they were trying to get it through years ago. And the consultant said, it looks like a bad deal to me. It's going to be more expensive. It doesn't really make any changes. Wade put that packet. It's on the agenda this week to discuss. And Wade put the consultant's information in the agenda packet, and there are allegations that some people are mad at him because he is showing that hurts their goal of just promoting this. Well, that's a hundred thousand dollar report that the public's already paid for, isn't it? Absolutely. So the public ought to have a right to see that report. Absolutely. <laughs> and so if if member if listeners want to go see the report, do you know uh, what the name of the consultants are? No, I do not, but you can go to the agenda, and the report will be with the agenda packet. And the subject matter, you know, I love these uh, county agendas. Uh, many times the description hides exactly what it is that's about to be discussed. Uh, can, can you give listeners guidance on where to look? I don't know how they have um, worded this, but this is about bringing in community choice energy. And what happens is if they vote to do it, It'll automatically, you'll get your, your bill from PG&E, but you may notice a jump in price. You have a right to get out. 
my daughter lives in San Luis Obispo, and she called me one day and said, my, my PG&E bill just went up about 20%. And I told her it's a new company, and she, she opted out, and her bill went back down. So everyone has a right to opt out, but you have to, you have to do it. You can't just say, it, it's a little bit of work to opt out. There, there was a, a last year, San Luis Obispo, or maybe two years ago, San Luis Obispo, the city, uh, opted in. And uh, the way it works is it's an automatic opt-in. You get a notice of some kind. In our case, it was a postcard. And it tells you all about the wonders and benefits of being in uh, 3C, uh, which is what this uh, consortium is called. But then if you read all the way through and you go look at the fine print towards the back or at the bottom in a faded color that doesn't jump out at you, you can see that there's a process for opting out. And um, I know we, at, at least at our household, decided that it, until Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant is safely shut down, uh, it would be a bad thing to not be providing our business to PG&E. So we went ahead and opted out at our house. We opted out at our businesses. Um, do you know the time frame within which these uh, postcards are going to go out to people in the county after the county makes a decision? No, I do not. I think okay. it's fairly quickly. And one of the things they also said, if, you ha if you're lower income, your bill will actually go down. Well, I talked to people on disability in the city of Slough. Their bills went up. So I don't think they were able to tell when they sent the bills out, are you someone on disability? Are you someone on a retirement, a limited income? And for some people, when your bill jumps up and all the other bills are jumping up, it can be a hardship. Yeah. And, um, and the truth is that uh, as soon as... Uh, about a year had passed. Uh, the, the board, of course, that is supposedly overseeing the 3C is made up of uh, representatives of all the cities and counties that have uh, uh, been seduced into this. And uh, so, of course, their main job might be mayor of San Luis Obispo or mayor of Guadalupe or Grover Beach. But then... Uh, Four times a year, they go to a nice place and they have a meeting and a meal, and they're told how the 3C is operating, and they're presented with uh, packages to vote on, and I suspect that they always vote yes. Um, so what they discovered after about a year, year and a half, was that in fact the prices did go up on this energy, um, and I don't think it's come back down. Well, how would it? If you're, if you're buying most of the energy from the same pool, PG&E is still doing all the billing and everything else, and you're paying PG&E to use their lines, and this group has hundreds of employees, a large office, how is it going to be cheaper to have a middleman? It's never cheaper to have a middleman. Well, it, it, we've had that before. Enron was a middleman on energy uh, once upon a time, and of course, um, that, uh, we all know how that worked out. Um, I'm not saying that that's the way this is going to work out, but um, it does probably deserve more study. And it would be, uh, if the county board of supervisors 
uh, votes against uh, going into 3C, uh, you'll actually have the ability to see whether the prices in the county stay low or whether they, uh, the prices in the cities that have opted in go lower. And over time, over about a five to ten year period, one might be able to tell what the outcome's going to be. And the prices in the cities have already gone up. So that's, that's one of the issues. And, you know, there's, mm -hmm. they want to do that. They want to go back into the IWMA. They want to do a number of things. Trash bills are going to go up in the county. I know they went up in the cities because of working with the IWMA. It's, a, it's twice the cost for the extra billings as it is to work with the county. And well, they you, also have other requirements. You had a significant role in uncovering some of the corruption at the IWMA uh, back a year or two ago, didn't you? It was actually probably about almost 10 years ago. Um, 10 years ago? Yes, yes. We, oh, we, we first found the, a lot of the corruption about then, and then the, we found more probably about four or five years ago. And we've been, the biggest fight we've had is they don't want to give us their records. We have a court order right now that's been in place for about two years. Um, another gentleman promoted this. Uh, one of the gentlemen, he owns one of the trash companies. He got an attorney and sued them to get hold of records. And they are dribbling them out over years. So by the time you get a record that's eight years old, it's pretty hard to come back and say, ooh, look what they did. Goodness. Wow. And, um, of course, the... Uh I know we're going to have some additional information on some additional cases and issues. This is your host, lawyer Stu Jenkins at Slow County Public Policy and the Law, KNews 98.5, and we are speaking today with Cal Coast News reporter Ms. Karen Veeley. Um, we've been talking about the uh, big win by the Friends of the Oceano Dunes. We've been talking about that, that happened in court yesterday. We've been talking about uh, whether or not Wade Horton is going to continue to be the uh, county administrative officer or whether the Board of Supervisors are going to give him a big golden handshake to go away. Um, typically, uh, with these contracts, it's uh, three, six, or 12-month golden handshakes um, on pay. And coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about the... Uh, smart case so be sure and stay tuned and remember next week we're going to have senator laird and mr greg graywell here to talk about water issues in the north county <laughs>